Yeehaw! Boy, howdy! Do I got a show for you guys. It's the first episode of The Vocal Vagabond, and boy, do I got a bunch of stuff that I want to talk about. It's stuff with television, with movies, video games, uh, all sorts of stuff. This is The Vocal Vagabond. We talk about all sorts of things, and if you want to give, add your 10 cents and have me comment about it, we'll drop a comment in, in the section reserved for comments below. Uh, then yeah. Well, let's get this first episode started. This is the Vocal Vagabond. Let's do this. Oh, sorry, happy noises. I really like that theme song. That's actually a song uh, from um, a Brave Combo, uh, I believe, from their album Boxes of Ghosts or something. I don't know. I just love it. I used with permission, mind you. They actually let me know that I can use it. So, uh, going on uh, into uh, the next uh, thing that I want to talk about here is uh, once upon a time ago, um, I. Uh, was the host of uh, a podcast for Anime USA, which was fantastic. It was great. It was fun. I got to, I got to really delve into being uh, the podcast guru of, of a major organization. It was a great one year. Then not anymore. Yeah, apparently they decided not to continue the podcast, which is fine. They've had their own reasons. I I leave it at that. It was very wonderful to be a part of that for whatever length of time that I was able to do it. But you know, it's you know, they've got their own thing. They're they're good, and I'm gotta figure something now. That's actually one of the catalysts of making me pick this podcast back up. You know, uh, just I, I wanted to do something, and everything that I'm trying to do is kind of crashing into like a fire. You know, uh, it's it's a lot of work. To try to do things, you know, it requires you to put mo- not only motivation into doing something, but you also need uh, to work at it. And what I mean is, I've been trying to do various things, and I may as well talk about it now. It's my own podcast; I can talk about anything I want. <laughs> you should have seen me; I was like flailing around. Uh, well, basically, I've been trying to come up with something to do because I'd like to think I've got some sort of talent to give to the world, you know, to some extent. Um, I do voiceovers. And, 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 you know, as a voice actor, uh, it's, it's a little difficult to you know, try to find uh, your niche as to wh- where you can uh, get roles and what roles you can actually be in and, and that sort of thing. And um, it's not that easy. You know, uh, infamously, my mentor that uh, I studied under for a while, while I adjust this microphone there briefly. Oh, don't you move. Don't you move, you little bastard. Um, basically, my uh, my uh, my uh, oh, mentor, my mentor at one point or another uh, told me, voice acting is not about the acting because 90% of it, you're just going to be auditioning. Your job as a voice actor is to audition. And I think that applies to actors in general anyway. It's just... You just spend so much time auditioning, and like 90% of the time, you don't even get anything. Well, for me, it's 95 because I'm a relatively unknown person. 
you know, I could do impressions, you know, like I could do Dr. Girlfriend on the fly, and, you know, I can do Captain James Tiberius Kirk. And I can also do, you know, like Shaggy from Scooby-Doo, man, but, you know, not everybody wants to hear that. You know, for the most part, they want an original voice for the project. So you don't find many places trying to look for impressions or people who do impressions. It's just mostly original voices that fit roles. And it's just, I got this unique voice that I'm cursed with that isn't exactly marketable. So that's uh, been uh, uh, difficult to do, uh, to try to pursue. Then I uh, launched, actually, uh, I guess this is a way to advertise it, uh, 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 its own pod. I have yet to actually release it on iTunes as an official podcast, but I have plans to. Once I uh, uh, sort out all the legality, as in using appropriate sounds and music that I'm allowed to use, it's called Grandstand Radio. And essentially all that it is is it's just going out and uh, making an old-timey sort of radio show with sound effects, with actors, with, you know, an original plot and, you know, just basically, you know, Hark, who goes there? Pew, 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 you know, that sort of thing. And um, uh, that one hasn't really skyrocketed because I'm oh, I'm writing it, I'm producing it, and I'm also mixing it, and I'm also I'm doing everything. I think I only casted one or two other people, uh, and uh, that's for the sake of not you know having everyone just be me. I can do voices, but after a while, you know, if you're gonna be listening to a full out uh, dramatic or comedy bit. You want to hear some variation in voices at some point or another. I can maybe do a one-man show, but after like maybe five episodes, you're probably going to want some variation in there. So that kind of is trudging along. I'm still working on it, especially if people show interest. But for the time being, that's kind of trudging along slowly, and I'm just sort of trying to work on it on my free time whenever I can. Um, and, uh, you know, oh, also, uh, the YouTube channel that I have, it's called The Nostalgic Niche, and I love it because me and, uh, one of my, uh, uh, one of my very good friends here on this side of the coast here, uh, uh, got together with me. We, uh, we, uh, basically got in a, a capture device and decided from then point forward, we were going to play all the classic video games that we could get our hands on and show our reactions. And, well, I believe, um, uh, an appropriate, uh, well, actually, I, I, I think I can get a clip here. Let, let, let's get a little bit of a clip. Oh, my. Yeah. The ducks make noises. Oh, <laughs> I love it. Wait a minute. It reminds wait. me of when I was a kid and I had, like, all kinds of toys to play in the bathroom. Wait, wait for it. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I've been often described as a poor man's Jontron, so I mean, I don't know. I'll take that as a compliment, honestly. Just, I'll take it. Uh, anyway, that's the nostalgic niche. We play classic video games. We try to do games that not many people have done, so we try to uh, concentrate on the PlayStation 2 system, Sega Dreamcast, Sega Saturn, uh, and uh, try to do some uh, titles from Super Nintendo that not many people do. So, you know, nostalgic niche on YouTube. Feel free to check it out. All right, well then, uh, now that I've got all that out of the air, I think it's uh, high time that we continue the show. And by continuing the show, I'm going to be harping about all sorts of things, including the possibility of the Muppet Show returning. Or 
Okay, I don't care what anybody says. Okay? I'm excited over the prospect of possibly getting more Muppet Show. I mean, come on. It's it's one of those it, it's one of those shows that it, it's timeless in its way. And back in the 60s and 70s, everybody had their own variety show too. You know, Bob Hope or probably had his own variety show. I know Frank Sinatra had one, Dean Martin and you know, you you have all these variety shows back then. And, you know, as time goes by, they slowly, slowly, you know, die off, and you don't get those anymore. I mean, hell, I'd be surprised if any young in these days knows what a variety show is. I, I didn't know. I didn't know the Muppet Show was a variety show till I looked it up, and I just saw the term, and I looked up the term, and I was like, holy crap, it's a variety show. That's what that is. I was young. I didn't know much. But, you know, I like variety shows, and there are not many around. I mean, uh, hell, I, I think there's only, like, two that I... No, there's one. <laughs> no, no, two, one, one, two. Technically two. Te- no, te- technically two. <laughs> I listen to a Prairie Home Companion on NPR that happens every Saturday. Um, you know, your old-fashioned variety show filled with music, guests, skits, you know... It's been going on since the 70s, and it's on NPR, and it's great. And all, and uh, not on NPR. If, if you're afraid of pasty white people trying to sell you tote bags, well, you can just go on, on uh, iTunes and look for The Thrilling Adventure Hour, which actually is awesome. <laughs> it's actually it's, it's exactly what I've been trying to do with Grandstand Radio. They perform uh, skits. Uh, as if they were uh, on the radio uh, or or live on stage and recorded as if it were radio. There's no video. And they just basically perform it as if it was, you know, old audio comedy dramedies, you know, you know, the whole Pratt thing, you know, like, oh, here's some keys. Oh, something getting beat up. Tidal wave, you know. <laughs> but basically, you know, it's, it's, it's a, they do, um, um, as they they do skits and stuff as if it were old timey radio shows, and it's very popular. If you like that sort of thing, definitely check it out. Also, check out um, uh, the, the Grandstand Radio by going to GrandstandRadio.com if you want to do that, because I have at least a couple of episodes already up there. Anyway, um, <laughs> very very subtle, Doc. Very subtle. Sorry, I was just, you know trying to get trying to get that in while I can. Anyway, The Muppet Show might actually be brought back. Not very much information that I have on my person right now, but apparently ABC is probably is considering at the very least bringing back The Muppet Show. And, hey, I'm excited about it. You know, this is a, the whole thing is a nostalgic thing mostly for me because I used to watch it all the time. I love going back to episodes of The Muppet Show and getting getting the jokes now. You know, some of the jokes just went right over my head when I was younger, as a lot of jokes did in certain uh, uh, children's programming. But, you know, it's when you grow up and be an adult, and then you're like, how'd they get away with that? Get me started on that Powerpuff Girls episode where it's like, (laughs) a professor made us by mistake. (laughs) Oh, my daddy, my mom said I'm a mistake too. Yeah, uh, I remember. I probably quoted it wrong, but you know, it's similar to that. Anyway, the Muppet Show might be coming back. Totally and uh, excited about it. Hopefully, if anything, it'll give me something to root for. Why, you know, freaking just waste away here and do nothing. And just <laughs> 
And now, it's time for us to delve into the various and expansive and oftentimes scary world of video games. This time, we're hopping up for a lot of video games, actually. A lot more than I really recall ever doing. First off, The Sims 4. Get back to work. Now, this is an expansion that was released for The Sims 4, and I believe it's the first one. That's at least the first major one. I don't know. I, I, I bought The Sims 4, played it for like a month straight, and then I stopped it because I have problems. But, you know, if you like The Sims, you're going to like this add-on. It, it, it adds on at least, uh, what is it, uh, like four professions in there. And uh, unlike uh, the what you uh, expect as to sending them off to work and um, and uh, you know waiting for them to get back, well then, my friend, you have a surprise for you on this one because this one lets you follow your your Sims to work, your friends to work. You just follow your friends. Hey, how you doing? You 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 going on break yet? Can I follow you? No, you get to follow your Sims to work. And uh, this one is really unique because it actually does let you do uh, just that. It, uh, it it basically, depending on the job that you get, your sim goes into a different lot. And uh, you follow them. You make them do certain actions that are unique to the job until it's time for them to go home. And then they go home. Uh, basically, the jobs, I believe, from the screenshot and from what I can remember from playing, you get the choice of uh, scientist... Uh, scientist, inventor, I think of some sort. Um, a uh, a stylist, I believe, is another person. No, not stylist. Stylist? I can't remember. Uh, 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 doctor, surgeon. Yeah, actually, doctor, surgeon type person. You get to also be a cop. You know, you actually get a, go to the precinct and do cop type things. It's actually which I chose because I yeah I, I love the fact that my nerdy little guys have off trying to arrest people. And uh, I guess it's, well, I mean, I guess it qualifies. You get to open your own business, basically, uh, which is in its own right the own thing. You get to run a store, you know, uh, basically, I guess. Retail owner, I guess, would be the name of the job. But you get to actually go on and, um, and, 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 and do these things. These things have unique uh, stuff that you do up until uh, uh, clock out time. Uh, basically, uh, the, you only get, you only get to spend time on your job lot while you're while you're supposed to be at work. For instance, your sim is like, oh, time to go to work, you know, and goes to work. You get transferred over to that lot, and now you only have until clock until you know your sim has to go home in order to do whatever it is that is necessary to make that job successful. You can just sit around and do nothing and ultimately get fired, or you get to try to excel as much as you possibly can. And try to be the best as you, the best whatever you are, you know, the best store owner, the best cop, the best surgeon, the best crazy scientist. I don't know, but essentially that's what it is. Uh, you have until the time where it needs you to clock out to 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 do anything. I believe no, yeah, you do have the option to work overtime. But see, that's where the challenge lies, because now you have to keep an eye on your Sims' needs. Uh, essentially, at least for me, being the the choosing the police officer uh, career, you got to actually, you know, there's a snack machine on top level to fend off hunger. There's a bathroom, a shower, a locker room, so you get to do all that. 
and uh, you know, and I assume maybe other the other places the the other jobs have that too. I assume so. I mean, if not, it's gonna suck for you. But you know, uh, it, it's fun. It really is. I like I mentioned before, I got the expansion and I kind of played it for a month straight. Again, I have problems. But it was fun. The replay value was really high. Um, that was me only playing through one job and then starting on the surgeon one to, just to see what it's like. Plenty of opportunity for replay value here. Uh, it's, it's high. If you like The Sims and you're, and you're hankering for something new and you're not too sure about the content of this, I was not disappointed. Uh, I was not. Strongly recommended The Sims 4 Get to Work. Moving on to more video games. Uh, let's see. Ooh. Yes, yes. See, once upon a time ago, there was a game called Baldur's Gate. I fell in love with this game. I could not stop playing this game. I wanted to romance the crap out of every woman in the party. It gave me that option. Then, Baldur's Gate 2 came out. And then I was even more enthralled. My studies further sank with the grades and... Oh man, it's I couldn't describe to you the wonderment and the fun that I had playing that game. Although frustrating at times, it was hardcore D&D rules as far as I can remember. You couldn't just toss in a weapon, I'm gonna be a wizard! I'm gonna throw a sword and just do it anyway! Doesn't work that way. No. Uh, so, <laughs> I have fond memories of the game and their expansions. And, you know, since then, the, the, um, the company, who the hell... Who the hell made Baldur's Gate? Black Isle! That's what it was. I was about to look that up, too. Black Isle. Um, I, I don't know why I was putting up Blader Eater. I don't I don't think when I type, so I can't do that. I don't multitask very well. Anyway, Black Isle has since become a defunct company, and they've gone off and, you know, did their own things. Um, uh, some of them went to Obsidian, and uh, some of them went to... Uh, uh, Bioware, which honestly, for me, it's like, why can't you just go to the same studio? Why are you making me choose? You can't make me choose. You can't make me because I like them both. I love Bioware and I love Obsidian. Both of them made okay games, but both of them made fantastic games that I absolutely love. You can't make me choose. You can't make me. I refuse. And so... And it's a good thing I refuse, too, because Obsidian has come out with a video game that I love nearly. It's called Pillars of Eternity. It is called Pillars of Eternity. I hit the microphone. <laughs> Pillars of Eternity is a spiritual... I, literally, I, can't, I can't stress this enough. This is a spiritual successor to uh, Baldur's Gate, the Baldur's Gate series. It has nothing to do story-wise... But it is a spiritual successor to that game, to the core. Even the little cursor. When I saw when I saw that cursor, when I saw that cursor, I just I I was I was tearing up. I'm not gonna lie to you. The the HUD was just everything is just so familiar. That's 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 the description that I'm going for with this game. Everything was so new, but it was so familiar. It's like you never left. It's like it's it's like pimp my ride, you know. You you go off and you come back and your ride is pimped. Except it's not a car; it's a game series. God, this is it. <laughs> um, Pillars of Eternity, as you can probably tell, I absolutely love. 
it's a like I mentioned before, a spiritual successor to Baldur's Gate. Uh, as far as gameplay and mechanic wise, you're, you're just if you're familiar with the series, you are gonna love it absolutely. I mean, I I have a difficult time trying to come up with reasons not to like it. Well, I mean, eh, not enough to bother me. I ate it up. I again played it for weeks on end until I'm like, gotta stop playing. Gotta eat. <laughs> But um no it's essentially you you um you you uh, start upon a journey uh towards uh, uh depending on your background that you choose cuz you actually get a surprising amount of customization all things considered uh in this game and you're basically setting out on a journey that journey gets disrupted surprise you don't get to do what you get what you're planning on doing but um you get story wise, you get into and uh, it. It just kills me because I don't want to say too much about it because I want you guys to go out and play it. It's a good, great game if you like that. Now, for those of you who aren't familiar with the Baldur's Gate series, you probably might not be a fan of it. This is a game where it's mostly it's half thinky, half killy. I mean, if that's an accurate description that I can use. Um, you can't just go in and kill things. You have to stop and you have to plan around how to kill the things. You know, all the things that need killing aren't necessarily going to drop at your feet. Especially when you uh, plan on going the story route. You know, the things are get very difficult to kill. <laughs> and you have to be careful because if you run off and you run into something that's a lot more powerful. Oh, a prime example. I'm going to tell you. I don't think this is much of a teaser. I mean, a spoiler, because this is just common sense, at least when it comes to this video game. But if you've never played that sort of thing, and you're taking me up on my suggestion, and you play it, and you get to a part where the guy says, We all died because there's a bear in a cave. The bear killed us. I'm leaving. Don't go looking for the bear. I'm going to bestow this wisdom upon to you, and uh, say with the utmost certainty that you should not go get that bear. If you want, you can save and go try to fight the bear. But let me tell you something. Let me, let me tell you something. For anyone who has ever played an RPG, or for God's sakes, played D&D, you know that when an NPC says not to do something, you rarely ought to go do it. <laughs> At least, not until you know you can rock whatever is in there. I did that. I got rocked. So hard. I should have known better, but my my whimsy defeated my uh, logical thinking and I just went in there and I'm like, it's a bear. Oh God, it's a bear. And I died. That wasn't fun. Anyway, Pillars of Eternity is a fantastic game. It's more upon, it's more, it's more of an RPG strategy game. You, you, you have to plan around how to defeat a monster and not just run in and defeat it. You know, rarely is that a very successful strategy. Lots of reading in this game. If you're not familiar with the Baldur's Gate series, uh, more voiceover work than the prior than Baldur's Gate, but still, it's a lot of reading. You got to put up with a lot of reading. But if you can look past the reading and look for what's the the, the whole the, the the neat little center of awesomeness and fun in this nougat, I think you're gonna you're gonna like it. You're gonna like it. Um, yeah, the, the, I guess my only problems with this game is, um, the, um, it's, 
it's a bit difficult. <laughs> if you're not careful, you gotta plan around very. You gotta plan very well. Otherwise, you're just gonna get rocked in the face immensely. <laughs> no joke. Uh, and also the characters compared to the Baldur's Gate characters, you can remember if not them specifically, you can remember their faces, their attitudes. I remember Jan Jansen, Minsk, uh, Yoshiro, uh, Jahira. You know, and for this game, it gives you good characters, very well written characters, but it they're less. <laughs> you can recruit less memorable characters, and they're not quite as memorable if, if you put it on a meter it would be like probably like a 0.5 less memorable memorability than like the original Baldur's Gate they're still wonderful the the first character you run into in the first town not gonna give it away he's the first one you recruit he's funny I like him and there's an aura of mystery that you're gonna want to try to find out more about him, but you can only find out depending on what choices you make on your stats. That lets you make different kinds of choices, you know. Uh no charisma, as far as I can tell, which is a little surprising. But yeah, I mean, you win some, you lose some. There's a new, there's a neat little uh, a game mechanic. Whereas if you lose all of your HP, it's not the end of the world. I remember that was the case uh, uh, in in the past couple of Baldur's Gates, but in this, it's a new mechanic. You run on your endurance. There's a set number of endurance that you get, and uh, that number falls each time that you uh, you run out of HP. Say, for instance, I've got 50 HP. Oh no, I ran out of HP. Bleh. It doesn't mean I'm dead. It means my endurance that stays the same now that I'm at zero HP goes down a little lower. Each time I'm KO'd, each time I get zero HP, it goes lower. And lower, and lower, and once I hit z- uh, uh, zero uh, endurance, I don't get up no more. I am dead, which is really neat because, especially if you want to try and introduce this to new people, you gotta understand you can't make this quite unforgiving if for people who are actually wanting to try to figure this out for the first time. Um, it kind of felt that way for me when I first tried to pick up Baldur's Gate. I've never played D&D, and I've never played that sort of a really thought-out uh, RPG. So it was a little frustrating, but it was good enough that I stuck with it. So uh, they, they added that. And I'm pretty sure you can actually not have that mechanic in there. Because in this game, there's like settings you get to like do where it's like hardcore mode, where it's like you only get one save. You get to play it like a rogue type game where it's like the you get one save and the minute you die, it the save erases itself and you have to start from the beginning. And it's like little options like that that just makes me love this game so much. And and, and it was Kickstarter funded too. You know, it was complete because Obsidian wouldn't in mainstream video games you would never be able to get a game like that off the ground. You know, you can't present that to a publisher and like, hey, there's a lot of old geeky white guys that may buy this it's a bit of a niche game but you know help us pay for it to make it maybe no none of that they're not gonna do that so they they took it to, to kickstarter to have complete uh a bit uh, control over it and not have to worry about you know uh whether a publisher's gonna like it or not or, or whatever. And they did it and it's great and it's fantastic and it's wonderful. Ow, Jesus, I spent ten minutes talking about this. Pillars of Eternity! Do it! It's fun, it's exciting, and uh uh it, you get it. It's great. Mm. Uh, excuse me. I was drinking water because 
talking makes you thirsty. That's one thing. That's the one thing us voice actors need constantly: water, keep us hydrated, and not have turn our mouths into the Sahara Desert. All right. Uh, uh, ooh, another game that I've actually picked up that I strongly recommend is a game called Dead State. Now, here's the thing. Um, the whole zombie survival genre is kind of starting to feel like World War II to shooting games. At least it, it did for uh, at some point or another. You got your fantastic games like Left 4 Dead, but then, you know, you, it, you, you have like a half a billion other games that are similar to that. That sort of, you know, it, it sort of feels a little bit saturated. And then, oh, don't get me started on Daisy. It's the game that you play if you want to frustrate other people and quite possibly throw your monitor out the window. Wouldn't suggest that if you, yeah, I'd even chalk it up to being like a roguelike. Anyway, I bring up the game Dead State because it is a unique video game. At least in my opinion, Dead State is one of those uh zombie games that actually tries to be different by not being different and okay let me explain this <laughs> let me explain I, I i swear i can do it take fallout and take classic no take classic fallout take classic xcom mash them together throw in zombies you get dead state it's essentially that's what it is really um and it emphasizes on finding uh and basically like Building a um a safe house, making it safe, making sure the people in there are happy, and it's it's actually really huge in scope. You know, you get a lot of you get a few recycled environments in there. Some places are gonna look similar to the others, but for the most part, it's huge. The map is huge. It takes place in Texas. <laughs> I don't I don't know. It takes place in Texas, and um. Basically, it's it's literally it's like a it's a it's a it's a chunk of map of an actual uh, place in uh, section of Texas, and there's a lot of places to like travel to to uncover, and it's really important if you ever pick up this game to read in detail what every stat does. Now, I'm not just talking about your strength and your perception, your agility, or whatnot, or your vitality. Those things are self-explanatory. I'm talking about your skills. I'm talking about your survival, your melee, your your science, your medical. Your, all that is really important, and they play a big part in the game. Oh, not to mention leadership and negotiation. Okay, I say this because um, depending on how many points you have in certain skill points, it's going to make certain points of the game a lot easier or a lot harder. And so reading up on them will be great to know. I'm going to let you know now. It's no way of a spoiler. I mean, it's just telling you. Oh, I hit a can. Um, Basically, you want to keep an eye on survival. Because, you know, oh, survival, I mean, I'm not going to need that. Who's going to need survival? I mean, just let me tell you something, okay? <laughs> survival, basically put, it controls how fast you can go on the map. Okay, let me put it this way. You go slow as hell when you first start off in this game. When you travel off to different points of the map away from the shelter, you go you go slow. You go so slow, it's ridiculous. You're going to want to make sure that you put something in there. 
And maybe along the way, depending on how much you travel, you're going to want to put a lot more in there. Uh, it's hard to say which, because then you're going to have to worry about melee. Don't do guns. Guns make noises and the zombies try to kill you. Noise is your worst enemy in any video game, really, when it comes to zombies. I mean, it's just a rule of thumb. I have yet to play a video game about zombies where noise is your best friend. You know, unless you have those decoys that, you know, like a throw firecracker. Zombies go that way and then you go the other way. You know, noise plays a big part in this, too, when you're out there in the field. And you got a little decibel meter there that you have to constantly be aware of. Uh, if you're not too sure about the numbers, don't worry. It's co- it's color-coordinated to let you know how screwed you are. Um, green means you're good. The zombies hear it, but, I mean, no, the zombies don't hear it. Uh, yellow, the zombies hear it. won't really give a crap about it. Red, you're screwed. You know, everything sucks because now hordes from off-screen are coming to get you. So remember that when you think about using a gun. Sometimes I throw caution to the wind because... You get certain groups in the game that have guns and they don't care and they're starting to nail you with bullets and, oh, jeez, you, you have to survive so you pull out your own gun. Just remember, you gotta run really fast. Run away as soon as you start doing that because zombies are just gonna come and, ugh. This is a strict RPG. Depending on the skill points that you put in, you're really good at stuff or you're not. You know, your, your, your agility, your 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 strength... And putting it in your melee and and stuff and um oh uh, did, did, just to tell you there's no quiet ranged weapons so that's something to consider holy uh, because uh, yeah I just concentrate on melee I just beat things up uh, baseball is broken as heck so you know you could always pick that up if you find one keep it it's one of the strongest weapons if you have a high melee one of the difficult parts of this game is keeping people happy in your shelter. Basically, that's the that's one of the big things, and uh, <laughs> it's hard to tell whether or not they put thought into the reactions with the other survivors that you can recruit that they live with you in the shelter. Hard to tell. Don't be too surprised if things don't make sense, okay? That's going to happen whether it's lost in translation or it's just how it is. It's how it is. <laughs> Um, basically, you get your choice as to recruiting as many survivors as you want or not recruiting anybody at all and just living with, like, the the handful of people that you have. There's a draw, there's pros and cons on both of these. The, le- the less people you have, the less resources you have to worry about getting used, like food uh, and antibiotics for people who are bitten. You can get bitten and infected. Anybody can do it except for your player character. And you don't get too attached to people. You can lose them. Anybody can get bitten and infected. As long as you have antibiotics, you're good. It, it stays away, but it uses one. So, say for instance, Joe Schmo is infected. Well, now from now on, he's going to be taking antibiotics from the shelter stockpile, and he's going to keep taking it day after day. So, if all seven of your survivors have infections, well, not everyone's going to make it unless you actually constantly find antibiotics. So, a lot of strategy strategy to go into this game. Everyone has their own things that they want to be happy. Uh, uh, certain people want deodorant, uh, chocolate, bourbon, uh, stuff that you find out in the field that may not necessarily 
be used up in the stockpile. Like you can find that out by talking to people, uh, survivors in your house. You know, some people want coffee. Just ask them, what, what what can I get for you to improve your mood? And they'll tell you and just keep an eye out for it. And then when you get back from a trip, uh, just go to your sh- uh, stockpile. It's somewhere in the building. Uh, take it out, put it in your inventory. Go to the corresponding person. Bada bing, bada boom, they're getting happier. Not happy quite. You want them happy. And it's going to take a long time for any given character to become happy. Except for the f- character in the wheelchair, Davis, I believe. He just gets happy off the bat. But, um, yeah, it's a lot of things to go into this game. Really unique spin on the whole zombie survival thing. If you like the idea of stockpile, like like holding up holding up a fort against zombies and just trying to survive with survivors at the same time, balancing their wants and trying to make people happy, but at the same time not go completely insane, I would strongly recommend this. I'm playing it like nuts. Anyway, Dead State. You can get it through Steam. Don't know how much money, but it's probably worth it. Let me get the let me put this out there for starters here. Okay, I don't like playing the game Five Nights at Freddy's, but I like the lore. I know it makes no sense, especially because there's not much lore in it to begin with, but there's a story in there and I'm a fan of it because it's so mysterious and dark and out of left field. I'm just I love it. I don't know why. You couldn't pay me enough to play the game. No, <laughs> I'd rather dip my head in acid. But the thought of the, 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 the lore thing has, has me intrigued enough to know something about it. Now, I bring this up because there's an artist that I follow called Hot Diggity Demon, and I wouldn't advise watching his stuff if you're not offended easily. I wouldn't bother with that. But if you're not and you want to try to watch something that's funny and it has a spin on the concept of Five Nights at Freddy's, I would strongly recommend watching Hot Diggity Demon's animation called Fazbear and Friends. And here's a little clip of it to give you an idea. Hope y'all are hungry because dinner is served. Oh, great. Pizza again. Vaughn, why are y'all trying to beautify yourself? I got to worry about my presentation now that I'm a <laughs> famous celebutant. Now what in the hay are you on about? Look, we're on TV! Oh, you silly rabbit, we're not on television. That's a security camera. But that does mean someone's watching us, right? Well, I suppose it does, Chica. Well, do you think they might want to be friends, Freddy? Well, shoot. Fazbear and his crew are always up for making new friends. New friends? Ugh, pass. Let's see if we can't find this mysterious security cam Sam and give him a welcome as warm as a big old furry bear hug. Ugh, wake me when it's over. Okay, I'm excited. I'm excited about this because this has been something that I've been sort of eagerly awaiting for a very long time. You may or may not know this, but I like Star Trek. I also like Star Wars. And quite recently there was a a new trailer for the new one that's coming out called The Force Awakens. I don't think anyone who's listening to this hasn't heard, uh, seen the trailer Come on, I'm not going to say much, just in case the minuscule chance that no one has seen this thing. I'm only going to play the beginning, 
because honestly, you can't see much to begin with because that's how J.J. Abrams rolls. All you got to do is hear this. And that is enough. The force is strong in my family. My father has it. I have it. My sister has it. You have that power too. <laughs> I am actually pretty excited about it. I'm not gonna lie. I I like terrible movies. I do. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I like terrible movies. My favorite movie of all time is Super Mario Brothers, starring uh, uh, John Leguizamo and uh, Bob Hoskins. That's my favorite movie. I'm not even joking. I can pop it in right now and still enjoy it frame for frame. I like specific movies that, I don't know, they tend to be terrible and I have no idea why. But I have a distinct feeling, for better or for worse, that this is actually going to be a good movie. Because there's a lot of love going into this movie. Uh, it's been said that J.J. likes Star Trek but also likes Star Wars and wants to go... You, you can't... It's hard to go wrong if you get somebody who's a fan of the series that isn't going to insert a good maybe 10 billion Mary Susan there. I hope not. I haven't seen him do it in Star Trek, I don't think, so I don't think I'm going to expect that here. But the prospect of seeing this movie take place after the original trilogy, it makes me really excited. That, and on top of practical effects and uh, freaking, oh, just watch the trailer. Reserve your judgments till the movie is out. That's all I ask. Star Wars, The Force Awakens. I'm pumped. All right, and I, I guess this has been the bulk of the show, I guess. Thanks for listening, by the way. I got, I got one last thing that I want to th- uh, talk about. <laughs> it's, um, it's an article about uh, Grand Theft Auto. And uh, I believe it was reported by Kotaku and, and originally back in uh, oh, earlier this month, even not that long ago. It really stuck with me. Because I kind of like the response that Rockstar made. So there was this exploit in the game where you got like like this insane car that uh, you know you're not. I don't think you're supposed to get or something. It's been a while since I played it, and it's uh, on GTA Online, and it's an exploit where if you do it, you get the car, and you know essentially everything becomes trivial or something. Well, you know, Rockstar found out about it, and instead of taking it out. They left it in. Well, see, they didn't just leave it in. Uh, they left. Uh, people could still. I assume even now, people can still go in and do the exploit. Yada yada yada. And as soon as they get in the car, they are greeted with a giant explosion. <laughs> it just basically that's their that's their solution. As soon as you get the car, there's no way to escape it. There's no way to circumvent it. There's no way to... Di- nope. You, you 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 can do the exploit. You can leave the car there. You can look at it. You can walk around it. You can jump on it. But as soon as you get in, you're dead. 
There's no way to escape the explosion. The explosion destroys the car no matter what, and it kills you in the process. That is one of my most favorite way of solving a problem that I have heard in a very long time. Just thought that was uh, food for thought there. Something funny to go into. But anyway, thank you for listening to this uh, this podcast here. Uh, I'm going to keep doing it. If you guys like to hear it, if you don't mind me talking to myself and making a complete ass of myself, then please subscribe. Look for me on on the iTunes, which I I, I imagine I'm gonna make it. If not, if it's not there by now, it's gonna be there soon. On the SoundCloud, that's where I'm at. There, that's where I'm gonna you know first post this thing. That's gonna be there. Um, the theme song is composed by Brave Combo, used with permission and with so much love, cause I love this tune. Um, basically, if you want to find out more about the stuff that I do, you can go over to the Nostalgic Niche over at YouTube, where we play classic video games. Uh, go to GrandstandRadio.com and check out my, uh, uh, old-timey radio podcast that I'm trying to get off the ground. And actually, I also have a comic that I'm writing that someone else is drawing that hopefully you will enjoy, based on actual events and some fictional, some not-so-fictional, just just Google search Roll to Save. It's a comic that's hosted by Smack Cheese. It's filled with fun and stuff, and I think you guys will enjoy it. Anyway, thanks so much for tuning in. I'll see you all next time, and above all, folks, keep your feet on the ground and reach for the stars. <laughs>